0: yeah same place it's always fun hi everybody i'm dave and i'm john and this is the coffee and capes podcast thanks for joining us today john what's on the docket what are we talking about today
1: uh today is oh it's episode five right so uh, officially our fifth episode super excited about it um We are available on Spotify Podcasts and on iTunes. And if you really want to see what our faces look like, we're up on YouTube. Although the last episode didn't get loaded up. Sorry, gang. Uh, I'll load that one up when I load this one up so you can catch up on staring at our cool backgrounds. Um, But today's episode, we are doing something that I I think we're both pretty passionate about and, and pretty excited about. And sometimes I think it's, downplayed by our own uh kind of nerd and geek culture and that is wonder women in comics celebrating strong women across the history of comic books and sci-fi yes excellent
0: but let's start as always
1: what are you drinking today with coffee portion Ooh, so that's a great question in my star wars coffee mug may the froth be with you (laughs) <laughs> um was a uh, lovely gift. So, I gotta be honest, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it came from Trade Coffee. You are so fired. What? I what know, do you mean you don't know? I, I don't know what. Uh, which bag I put in here. I know it had an elephant on the front. It is okay. a dark roast and it is delicious. But as always, it it came from Trade Coffee. Uh, I couldn't find it on Trade Coffee. Um, But if you are looking for a great place to buy small batch roasted coffee from uh, all over the US, Trade Coffee is great. And as usual, I have a Ladybird Provisions coffee bomb in there and then my Nestle Cafe Creamer uh, Vanilla Cinnamon Creamer, which gets the eyebrow raise from Dave. What about you, Dave? What do you drink? cinnamon. First of all, I just want to say I don't know. Is the sort of uh,
0: hard-hitting analysis you can expect from the coffee and caves podcast? Hey,
1: I'm not gonna lie. At least you know I'm not gonna lie, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> Honesty. You can always count on us to be honest. Like, I will be honest that if you're watching this on YouTube, my light keeps going in and out, and I need to replace that bulb. Uh, i have uh i'm boring i guess because i have the same thing i'm still drinking the uh mother earth coffee that we got a few weeks ago we get the bag at costco it's huge it lasts a while <laughs> uh but i too am in a, have it in a gift mug um the, can see, the mug says sip
1: coffee save pups rub bellies and uh we can give a little shout out uh, with the mug though to that that was uh, from Grounds and Hounds. Grounds and Hounds, there you go. That's I couldn't remember yeah. the name. Grounds and Hounds does uh, coffee mugs, drinkware, and then they donate a good portion of um, of their money to like no kill shelters um, or dog rescues, those kinds of things. So big shout out to Grounds and Hounds. We um, they were a big part of our uh of, of the wedding that Rachel and I had uh last last year?
0: It was last year.
1: So Almost two years ahead. ago though.
0: Well, kind a year and a half at this point.
1: Is it six? Are we six months out from February?
0: I mean two plus six is eight. So I guess we're a little over half. Yeah, a little over half. All right, we're good. <laughs> um <laughs> but just a reminder, we love socially conscious uh Companies and enjoy doing, but business with people that uh, are giving back to the community or working to to make the world a better place, and not just trying to make handfuls of money. And who cares what happens to other people when I make my handfuls of money? Yeah. So, thank you. Grounds and house.
1: Um. With that being said, guys, please keep uh, keep an eye on. If you look fine without the light, you're all right. I'm just gonna (laughs) let it go then. Yeah, you're good. It'll probably just come on off and on. You know, it's great. It's the poltergeist light, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Land. Don't go into the light. Um, one thing though, guys, we are on Instagram. We now have link tree up in Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, you can just go up and click on the little link and it'll take you to a page where you can click on and get to our Spotify web uh, Spotify podcast. Also coming soon will be a link to uh, a charitable organization that Dave and I want to support and would like to ask everybody to support um, that will be available in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. And we want to thank you ahead of time for, uh, supporting socially conscious organizations. Absolutely. So cool.
0: Now, if you have a comment you want to make, you want to tell us, uh, you know, how ridiculously awful and bad our, uh, our commentary is, you can reach us, John, tell the good people how they can email us.
1: Yes. You can email us at supers. There is an S on the end of that at coffeeincapes.com. So send us uh, your email comments if you've got suggestions for podcasts, topics, subjects that you'd like us to cover. Um, we're happy to take suggestions. And um, yeah, just as always, right? We just asked the one simple thing, which is, you know, please be kind, rewind. Um, it's a little VHS humor for those of you that remember that. That just gives you, again, a hint as to how old Dave and I are. Very, very old.
0: So, strong women. Let's get, let's, let us begin with that. Who comes to mind for you, John? Strong Uh, women in geek culture.
1: Man, I I think that, you know, we can start off with, and you can, if you're watching on video, you can see her in my background, uh, Harley Quinn. Um, I think Harley Quinn Counts is probably one of my favorite strong women in comics, not just because of the, you know, her personality and characteristic, but I think her character arc of development. Mm -hmm. She went from being a sidekick to the Joker. And I, I think we can all agree, you know, was like an abusive relationship. And kind of cast off those those shackles and, and became her own, whether you follow, whether you saw that evolution in, in kind of the normal comics, whether you saw it in like the offshoot from the Injustice uh, spin, right, where yeah. she did that, or the, the wonderful and amazing and available on HBO Max, Harley Quinn animated series where, and you know, I, I really liked this part where they explored and did not shy away from uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy's relationship, right? right? I, which I think is absolutely fantastic. But she just super strong character, and still, I think we can all agree, just absolutely insane. Margot Robbie, big shout out to Margot Robbie. Great job with Harley Quinn.
0: Yeah, she probably belongs in that uh, that episode a couple couple episodes ago that we did with character actors that embody the character really really well. Like it's hard to separate the idea of Harley Quinn from Margot Robbie's playing her in what three different
1: movies now? Yeah, three different movies. And you know what? I I gotta say, and I'm sorry, and then I'll I, you know I'll turn it over to you. But we we also talked about a couple episodes ago people that grew into the character and people who just kind of nailed it. I felt like Margot Robbie nailed it right out of the gate. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um,
0: But also grew into it, I think, like nailed it in the gate, but even, but got better as she went along as well, if that's possible. Can can you nail it and still get better? I think so. Yeah,
1: I think so too. I I think you got a good point. The most recent one, right? Most recent Suicide Squad? Yes,
0: yeah, so good all those properties earning their rated rating R or MA rating, by the way, like if, if you're the type that, you know, you, you hear recommendation and you, you forget to look and you go and, and for instance, say, go to watch that animated version on HBO max. Please know that it earns its MA rating, TV MA rating. It's glorious, but if that's not your thing, you're not going to like it. Yeah. I Also probably don't sit your six-year-old down to watch it with you either definitely don't do that yeah. oh my gosh that's a whole other episode for us like <laughs> comic book movies we've seen in the theater where people bring their little children
1: and it yes. terrifies mm-hmm. us because it always happens it does it does and we've definitely had our appalled moments sitting in theaters yes. looking over going really yeah um okay so it's... harley quinn's my my first my first call out who's your first call out dave All right. I'm going to go a little off the board of of comics here so much, but
0: uh, I've got to go with uh, General Leia Organa.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: And and I'm sure some of this is uh, tied into um, Carrie Fisher's portrayal of her Mm -hmm. and just what an amazing, strong person Carrie Fisher was. Uh, But, man... And, and it's, you know, you can say it grew into, she grew into this general and she's this great leader, but really you think about the very first moment we see her. Yes. She's crying for help, I guess, but then maybe it's the second moment when she gets, you know, when Vader confronts her and she just gives him attitude, like she doesn't care. Like everybody else is terrified of this guy who has all these incredible powers and she just stands up to him. And, uh, you know and then she's the she's kind of the brains of the operation she has to rescue herself essentially because the, the bumbling two guys can't kind of kind of can't get their act together. Um and all throughout that series and then through the Star Wars movies and then especially for me in Last Jedi and I know there are a lot of folks that just went ape shit because oh my gosh she has a couple of powers at the end of, of or at the beginning of Last Jedi when she gets blown into space, to which I never really understood. Like theoretically, it's 30 years later-ish. She's the daughter of Darth Vader. She you think she doesn't have some talent? Like, and over that time, as that time elapses, she's not gonna develop that talent a little bit. Like, I, I think it, it to me it made perfect sense in the overall arc of things but i guess it just really messed with people who want their characters to stay exactly the same all the way
1: all the time and just be exactly how they remember them or something right yeah and i and i think you know you bring up a good point and i'll, and I'll admit to like giving a little head tilt when i saw that happen right and i was like hold on a second but to your point right we're supposed to suspend belief around the idea that you know, if you look at some of the, if you've ever read any of the Star Wars books or you looked at some of the like kind of what are supposed to be canon tales of Luke Skywalker's power levels and Darth Vader's power levels, you know, there are instances where I, I read something where Luke Skywalker is supposed to be able to like, he pulled a planet out of orbit or, you know, or he, or he pulled a, a Star Destroyer or something down out of orbit. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, some ridiculous power level of just being this, you know, insanely powerful Jedi and yet everybody forgot that when it came to Leia, yeah, who is the same offspring. Yeah. It just was supposed to be a twin, offspring. right? It just wasn't yeah. discovered until the end of the original trilogy that she was and so her training would get started later, but we never got to see until The Last Jedi what her powers could look like. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that it's completely and totally realistic for her to have been able to do that. I mean, we, we've seen Jedis do amazing things and all of them have varying powers. So, uh, you know, I think there was a little bit of a, to your point, the no all my characters need to fit into the box that i have created for them and kind of how dare you do something that i didn't see coming yeah um or that i didn't expect and if we're being totally honest a little misogynistic in the reaction around like and we see this a lot and that's one of the reasons i think we're doing this episode a little misogynistic around the it's okay for vader to do it and it's okay for luke to do it but not for leia to do it come on guys really exactly and she is you you nailed it super strong yeah just great leading character for sure and her
0: oh my gosh i think that final trilogy her presence i mean obviously we know the third movie uh they had to make use of of uh archive archival footage or whatever um she had died before the the filming of that but um in movies what it would be seven and eight like I, she's the to me she's the rock at the center of all of that mm-hmm. right as ray is developing as finn is figuring out who he is as uh what's his name the pilot is running off doing all the piloty things <laughs> like she's there at the center right reminding everybody of who they're supposed to be and and being the leader that that they need Mm -hmm. Um,
1: yeah yeah Carrie Fisher was uh, just there there really wasn't a moment in I think any of the movies that you know she was in regarding the Star Wars trilogy that she seemed weak Mm -hmm. They're, they're just, I can't think of a moment, you know, she stood toe to toe arguing with Han on multiple occasions. She may have had soft moments. Yeah. Right. But there was never a moment where she shied away from a fight or, you know, and there were moments that she 100% like grabbed everybody else and was like, let's go, come on, quit being like little pansies and let's get moving. Um, so wonderful example. I I like that. Um, my next one actually kind of falls outside of the comic book realm as well. Um, but again, I think falls into the super strong, amazing from the jump female character in a series of movies that I enjoyed the first few and then it kind of went a weird weird direction. Uh, Sir Goyne Weaver as Ripley in the oh. Alien movies. Wow. Yeah. Just like, I even had like the hair on my arms standing up right now because she was just a powerhouse. Yeah. You know, and you think about, I I think that the the pinnacle moment of that for her was in Aliens 2, which is hands down the best out of the series. Um, We got Space Marines, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Right. But stepping into the uh like mech loader suit and taking on the queen was just like you're like yeah she doesn't care (laughs) right we're we're boxing the queen alien in this thing and you know she's just gonna do what she's got to do so I, i you know yeah that's just one of those characters where i was like yeah she's tough like she's a badass yeah for sure that's a great call. I had I she was not on my
0: list. Not that I actually not that I actually made a list, but I, I had not <laughs> thought of that. That's a
1: way to go off script there, John. I'm impressed. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, who else is on your list, Dave?
0: You know, I'm looking at my background here and and my I keep going to how about Batgirl? What mm-hmm. Batgirl as somebody who and, and I can't say I've read a ton of back row comics, um, but I, I do like the idea of somebody who's so smart and so capable that she has zero superpowers other than her top notch brain, to borrow a Hamilton line, um, and enough a- athletic ability to, to be able to fight and mimic and figure things out. And, and she doesn't have the resources. That Bruce Wayne does. She doesn't have the resources, uh, financial resources and all the cool gadgets originally that, uh, you know, that the whole Bat family gets to have. I guess eventually she gets some. But, you know, when she starts out, she's just like, I, this is something I need to do and I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And, uh, and you know, most often she gets kind of cast as side t- sidekick type or really... Probably the the worst usage uh, of Batgirl for me was in the animated version of the Killing Joke. Like that was just mm-hmm. I dislike the 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 whole like oh she's she's gonna have sex with Batman like come on that just it's just icky use of her there I think but um, I don't know I just that's that kind of grabbed me just sort of. So you're thinking about like the for a character that doesn't
1: headline much of much but really could yeah i'd agree she, she really doesn't headline much i mean she had her own comic for a, an extended period of time like yeah during the 80s you know um and may have since then, but I, I don't remember how often it came around. I, I think there was a more of a shift towards, obviously always featuring Wonder Woman, which they've always done a really nice job of yeah. um, and putting some more more behind Harley um, and bringing her into the scene a little bit more. But Barbara Gordon as, as a whole, I mean, when she got shot and paralyzed by the Joker, I think we all remember that. And her evolution into like Oracle, Um, who without the use of her legs right to your brilliant mind piece was still determined and and making an effort to be a part of and to make a difference and to still find a way to fight on Um, so I really like and eventually she you know like every other comic book character that dies or gets maimed or crippled or whatever eventually finds their way back to life or right. full function right um, and she eventually got the use of her legs back and we got to see her in action again but yeah just a nice evolution of that character and yeah. you know if if we're being honest I think and no knock on Marvel at all but I think DC out of the gate made an effort Uh, more of a concentrated effort to bring strong female characters to the fore Um, uh, a little bit more than maybe Marvel. Right. Um, Yeah, for sure. You know, we got, you know, Wonder Woman, who I think we can all agree on is, is a very strong female character, sometimes brutally. So like they don't shy away from her you know, being an Amazon, which I think they did initially, there was definitely a stretch where they s- tried to soften her. It felt like, um, or depower her a little bit. Uh, there are things with her that I've, that have gone back and forth that I've never really understood. Like she has an invisible jet, but then she can she fly can without fly. it. Right. Yeah. So what's yeah. the point of the invisible jet? Um, and, and, you know, questions on the invisible jet that Maybe should be answered by somebody at some point, but if it's invisible, how do you find it and and how do you know where the controls are right. like can she see it that was never really explained to me no. and, uh, questions and if you just see somebody sitting in a seated position going through <laughs> the sky. How subtle is that really yeah. what's the point of being invisible if you're not. Yeah. If you're um, inside of it, yeah, There's which a- makes me think like they were they were just <laughs> nervous about making her fly, as that was kind of Superman's thing. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but now you know we had a we had that whole like DC 52 evolution, and she really got like strong. Yes,
0: right, so much so that in some versions, and I couldn't tell you whereabouts in the timeline that, and whether this is comic or you know some one of the cartoon versions, one of the animated versions we've seen where you know it Batman's always coming up with ways to uh, neutralize the other members of the Justice League in case they go rogue right and yeah. what does he say about about Wonder Woman the only the only defense we
1: have against Wonder Woman is Superman Yes I remember that I remember that and I don't remember where I think it was uh, maybe it was, um, there was like Justice League War was an animated one, right? Where it revealed that he had created all these ways to take down everybody. Yeah, and maybe it was in that. I don't remember. I have to go back and watch it because yeah. it's on HBO Max. Um, but I I one hundred I absolutely remember that part where he said the only defense we have against Wonder Woman is Superman. Yeah, that's how strong she is. That's how powerful she is. Mm-hmm. And and
0: I. Again, I've read some of the Wonder Woman comics from the maybe the last five years, um, and she, I like that they're they seem to be delving more into the the Greek god past part of it, like or or like that that air that um, portion of her character. Like I think that it brings some intrigue into it more more so, um, and, and gives you and obviously all the mythological stories gives you a lot of a lot of ground to come yeah. story wise. But just, yeah, man, she's, you, you can't have
1: an episode called Wonder Woman comics and not talk about actual Wonder Woman. <laughs> right? That's a good point. And yeah. she is, you know, her, the first Wonder Woman movie was, and we've talked about this in a past yeah. episode as well, so I don't think we need to go through it again, but the first Wonder Woman movie was just brilliant. Like the portrayal of her and everything else. Wonder Woman in the 1980s, in all fairness, I think if you put anything in the 1980s, it just isn't good um yeah. despite people who have an obsession with that culture right i lived through the 80s people it wasn't great um the comic books were pretty good though the art in the comic books was oh pretty my phenomenal so we got jim stuff. lee in the 80s right what's yeah didn't he hit in the 80s that's um, rob leifield's giant upper bodies and little tiny feet uh <laughs> versions uh, started to show up then as well and i loved all of them um but yeah, the rest of the '80s, not great. Lots Walt of Walt Simonson. Time. Walt Simonson's iconic run and Thor of the Dark there was oh, so man. good. Yeah. yeah, there's some great stuff. We got some epic Batman stuff. Yeah, and to the Jim Lee thing, and maybe it was maybe it wasn't the '80s. I'm trying. I'm having a hard time remembering. I know early '90s, um, but that brings up one of the ladies to make my list. Junior. Before, all right, before we jump to that, can I say yeah. one more addendum
0: about Wonder Woman? I yes. think that cinematically, I still think maybe the small snippet she was in Batman v. Superman is my. Is probably my favorite. Yeah. And especially that moment when she finally reveals herself, like she jumps out and she hears about uh, Doomsday, comes, leaves the airplane and shows up on the battlefield and both Batman and Superman are confused about who she is and what she can do, right? And she gets hit that one time And then just like smiles a little bit. Like is that little bit of like, oh, oh, it's on. Like that to me is the character right there. So strong, so resilient, so powerful
1: and kind of enjoys throwing down a little bit. (laughs) Enjoys throwing down a lot. Like that little smile, like that was, you know, straight out of the comics, especially like the newer version of Wonder Woman that we've been given in the last like five to 10 years where she doesn't back down from battle and the amazonian warrior in her and, and people really you know if you ever grew up with like mythology and i loved mythology as a kid like yeah. amazons were fierce yeah like fierce fierce warriors feared by men at least smart ones who knew <laughs> enough to like right. recognize what they were going up against right because they revelled in battle yeah. they had no it, it's like the spartans Right. Yeah. Laying yeah, yeah. down their life in battle was the greatest thing that they could do. And they were going to take as many as they could. So that I agree with you. That's that moment where she hits the ground, gets hit, doesn't go down. And that little smile of like, yeah. nice, this is going to be fun. Like yeah. hits her face. You're like, Ooh, yes, this That's is good. It. Um, so I agree with yeah. you That's a great moment. Um, so back to, uh, yeah. what I was saying prior to that, Um, Jean Grey from the X-Men I think a character that her arc made her strong her because if you if you go back into and I've been an X-Men fan since like a kid in the 70s like picked up early X-Men comics and it just fell in love with the X-Men something about it like just hit me Um, as it did so many so many people but her arc through things to go from kind of like this this timid, okay powered, like teen who, you know, was like, okay, well, whatever, into the Phoenix, right? Into the dark phoenix to the revelation that, you know, Xavier had to like cordon off part of her mind because of the omega level power that she possesses right um the number of times that she has taken down everyone (laughs) yeah right every single x-man you name it like to the point where when the phoenix shows up at any point in time even the avengers are like does anybody have eyes on jean (laughs) gray right right Um, So just like one of those like has just had this persistent iconic run through the comics that had a really nice evolution from kind of the, you know, the token woman on a team to the most powerful member of that unit that and and probably one of the most powerful, you know, superheroes in the galaxy. Um, yeah Oh yeah. hands down so i I just loved her i feel that funke Jamson, uh her portrayal of her in the x-men series was okay um it was okay right and nothing against her i I think that was more writing than really anything else I, i don't know that I just think that there's so much they could have done.
0: Yeah, and
1: continuing that thought, like,
0: uh, nothing against Sophie Turner, but the more recent X-Men movies with with Jean Grey them also not, and especially Dark Phoenix was, well, let's just say it's not going to show up on my
1: list of movies that are better than you've been told. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can all... There's a couple, yeah. right? There, there's a couple, and that's, you know, nothing against, I, I agree with you, nothing against Sophie Turner, because I think Sophie Turner plays a progressively stronger woman in Game of Thrones. Yes, for sure. Uh, Sansa Stark? Sansa, yeah, right? yeah, that's really yeah, yeah. Like, her evolution in Game of Thrones is amazing. For sure. And she does a beautiful job. She's super talented, uh, super talented actor. Um, But, you know, I I think, I don't think any, I I feel like between Dark Phoenix and uh, X-Men 3, attempting to include the Dark Phoenix story, there was no real understanding of the Dark Phoenix story that that was really presented in the writing of those and why I think we got a, a Jean Grey that, you know, in those maybe kind of missed the mark.
0: Yeah. yeah. Can, I feel like we need to take a moment, and this seems like a decent place to do it. I still want to take a moment to say, like, they're too often. I mean, one of the reasons we need to have a, a conversation like this is because too often female characters in geek culture have been just sidekicks or just eye candy or, mm. uh, or haven't been treated well. Right. And, and it, as we're talking about X Men, like I, I came with that, I brought receipts today, John. Like, yes. like so if, if you happen to be wearing this or watching this, let me uh, let me give you one example. So here, uh, here's a look at the X-Men Apocalypse, like I think this might be a CD or DVD cover or whatever. And let's just take a look at, at, at you know, costuming for a second here, mm-hmm. right? We got Xavier in his full suit, three-piece suit, and every other character. Almost all the characters have these full-body suits. Beast, Jean Grey, even Storm. Like mostly Magneto, uh... Mystique. Mystique, sorry, yeah, I was blanking. Yeah, you're, there. Good. Right? you're good, right? Uh, Angel and and uh, I guess that's Quicksilver and and uh, Cyclops and Nightcrawler back there. And then there's what they did with Psylocke.
1: Yeah, right. You know, like, though, I I feel like here's
0: and it's the only one that they gave like the 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 comic the classic comic right. costume yeah. to. And there's just no reason. Like the the only reason you do this is is male gaze stuff, straight white, straight not necessarily white, straight uh, straight male gaze stuff,
1: right? Like. That's just well uh, you know and one thing though that I, I will say I don't know that, that, I, that that's a hundred percent accurate because I have seen images of women who are fans of that character at like comic cons and stuff wearing the outfit right like yeah so there's there's I think it's if you take that out of context of that, let's say everybody was in their their costume from the comics, yeah, you would say, we're doing it in order to appeal to everybody's like feeling and wanting to see like these characters brought to life from the pages of the actual comic. If that was the case, we would have mystique in like the long white, like kind of outfit, right. We'd have Jean in something that was more traditional, maybe blue and yellow, same with Cyclops. Yeah. Um, But to your point, what we got were all these people in like, kind of a a new like specific for the movie costume and then we got Psylocke in the and like the outfit from the comics which was out of place and weird right so to to your point I think it was more of an eye candy move right yeah then a let's be true to the comics move um in that situation going back though had everybody been in comic book true to comic book costumes, I, I wouldn't say that that was done in that way. Um, yeah. So, but you're right, and you know, and there's a character like I'm not, I can't say I'm
0: super well versed, but what I have read, Psylocke's a fascinating character.
1: Yeah. Super with a
0: with a pretty pretty decent power set, like, and way underutilized in that in that movie.
1: Well, and you know i don't want to go down the road. Uh, right yeah <laughs> sorry yeah sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. so easy right, right, to do but, in that movie. right it's so easy to do everything from <laughs> yeah. like you know apocalypse yeah that's uh, true to to angel was yeah. a disappointment for me i mean there was just like you couldn't have skewed farther from like origins for a lot of these characters or more underutilization for a character than that movie did um And it it was one of the things that just as a, as a true, like, and maybe this puts me in the category of something we were talking about earlier. Right. And that is the fan who wants everything in like the box that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But I don't think that that's what that was. I think if you're going to, there are certain liberties that you take, right. To expand a character upon the base of what they already have in place. And then there's that level of liberty where you're like, none of this makes sense, guys. Like you you went too far and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, the the things that I liked out of there, though, really quick that I'll mention is that I love Quicksilver in those movies. That's like he's just so good. He's So good. And actually, Michael Fassbender's um, Magneto it is actually a solid younger Magneto for me. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Anyway, um So back to to the women characters and what you were saying earlier. And one of the reasons I think we did this episode is because of what happens in geek culture sometimes, you know, and and one of the things that inspired me to want to do this episode was all the backlash that happened around Mm. She-Hulk and the She-Hulk series that's going to be coming to Disney Plus, which I'm super excited for. She-Hulk has a really nice, rich history within the comic books as, you know, Bruce Banner's cousin who gets a blood transfusion from him and then all of a sudden, like, becomes She-Hulk. And her evolution has been really fascinating. So uh, much so, yeah. Especially recently where, you know, she's now more of a mindless Hulk. Like, she's uh, she's devolved mentally in Hulk form from where she used to be when she was, Kind of always in she-hulk form, or when she was a member of the Fantastic Four um, yeah. for a period of time. So, but there were some really unfortunate like comments that people were making around. Oh, great! Like, why do we have to have a, a woman character, woman version of everything, and why is Marvel going to all these women? And it's like, hold the phone, guys! Like, first know your culture. Yeah. yeah. Like. She Hulk's been around probably longer than most of those guys making those comments have been alive, <laughs> right. right? Two, there is a amazing history of strong women in comics and in sci-fi, and there's a reason for that. And we touched on this in a past episode, and that is the desire to promote inclusivity. Is that a word? inclusivity yes. yeah inclusivity. Okay. Yes, it is. inclusivity within and and set a standard for society to kind of model after right this is what we would like to see society be and most of us focus in on like the superpowers and the amazing physiques and everything else and until we get a little bit older and maybe a little bit more mature and we've done some additional like reading and, or just lived a little or living, living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 lived a little bit longer, we don't realize and appreciate the social, the strong social underpinnings that exist within the stories. Yeah. Right. And that's what we're see. Yeah. And I think
0: as we've said before, and we're going to keep saying geek culture, at least at its best is meant to be a place where anybody and everybody can see
1: that they belong. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, yeah, I think this is, uh, and it's an important topic, and we'll probably end up talking about it and touching on it again at some point in a different episode. Um, but moving back into, uh, moving back into some of the characters that you know, some of the strong, yeah, strong female characters. Who else is on? Your list? You know, I've been thinking a lot, and this is probably
0: influenced by, uh, by what if the, the the animated series that that Marvel just did. Um, Man, how good is Black Widow? Mm-hmm. This is a character that has been used in a lot of different ways. Um, and again, sometimes, especially with the, the the kind of ridiculous, like the the uh, the zipper in the in the middle of the outfit. Like, there's no reason for her, for her to have her zipper halfway down her her chest. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense for what the kind of things she's trying to do. But like just how tough she is and resourceful and and i kind of think i was thinking about this like kind of her and catwoman to me have some similarities in the Mm -hmm. like dc marvel universe one they're both usually depicted with a similar that similar sort of like single zipper outfit (laughs) right but they both are both neither one has actual superpowers both are like high level acrobat athlete and strong and seem to some seem to thrive in the midst of superpowered people um but i just really like uh the journey that that the the black widow character has been on both in some in comics and and on screen um figuring out who she is being a obviously affected by her past because all of us are right but but using whatever the trauma is in her past to yes, acknowledge that that's created, that's helped to create who she is, but it, it hasn't totally defined her, Mm -hmm. right. That she's found ways to, to amend, to, uh, to grow. And I just think like, uh, go back to the ending of what if, where she's the one person lacking superpowers in the midst of all these, like basically cosmic beings with just, Omega level powers, and she's just there on a motorcycle, just kicking everybody's butt.
1: Yeah, I, you know, you bring up a, a really good point with her, and she is she is fearless, and yes. self sacrificing, yes. right, right, like yeah. fearless and self sacrificing, one hundred percent, just everything that you would want in a hero, right, and and she's got a nice redemption story arc. She still has like that, like that dark past which i think is a a a really important like maybe social lesson is that you know people have pasts and some of them are great and some of them aren't you know but it's not about their past it's about what they're doing now and you know are they efforting to do better be better you know live better and she epitomizes like to me she is a a really nice, uh, almost like I look at her in the same vein as I look at Captain America, Mm. right. In terms of the willingness, like there's no hesitancy to self-sacrifice. There's, she thinks everybody else is essentially worth more than she is in, in a, in a way, right um and every and marvel does a nice job like most superheroes have that willingness to like self-sacrifice but there's just like she'll jump on that grenade
0: yeah yeah I, i think there's there's a danger for writers to come just what you're saying about she sees everybody else as more having more worth than her that like that could be exploited to make her feel like oh well she just she doesn't value herself enough, but I think when done well, it's not coming from that place. Yeah. It's more the heroic, no, I'm gonna, I'm willing to give up even, even my life to save others. And I think we saw that it teetered on the edge a little bit in Endgame, but I think we saw it come down on the, you know, and she she is Hawkeye are are battling over who who gets to be the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um I think. In which I forget which, which of the Marvel movies earlier than that, like where there's the moment where she kind of seems to hint that she because she can't have kids that somehow that makes her a lesser person. And you know, that's not that's not the kind of thing we want to see out of our out of our characters. Like it's not the ability to be a mother that makes a makes a female who right. they are. Like that's that's not good. But the whichever movie that was in, it kinda it seemed to me it pretty quickly abandoned that was that Ultron okay yeah and they they didn't I don't remember that coming up again so it didn't it didn't it ended up not defining her
1: yeah no I I think it's because there was she she brings it up um at the farmhouse in conversation with Mm Ruth, uh and she brings up that piece and how she couldn't be a mother and and you could see the sadness in her. Yeah. Um, and they did a really nice job of, of, I think pointing out that you don't have to be a mother to be a a woman. Right. That's, That's not the defining characteristic and the acceptance by Bruce and, and that, you know, that was one of my favorite kind of probably out of context with the comic book like relationships. Um, that they did was the the attraction between uh, Natasha and Bruce. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Um, so that, like, great job. Uh, How about you, John? Who else is on your list? You know, I, it's funny. I had somebody else that I was going to bring up, and then you mentioned mothers, and I think that there's a uh, there's a significant lack of portraying moms as being able to be strong powerful characters Mm. and the only one that like comes to mind and and i'm gonna i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because there have been a couple other characters now a couple other uh female characters in comics in the last few years that have become moms but there's one that just stands out and that's susan storm sure right um not only is she amazingly powerful like just ridiculous uh as can be seen you know in in civil war when she essentially flattens taskmaster or maybe it wasn't civil war maybe it was um the siege i can't remember where but he like taskmaster like hurt reed or like did something to Reed, and sue got really angry nice. and uh taskmaster's eyes get really big he goes, Oh, crap. And then it just shows like this little crater that he was flattened in by one of her force bubbles. Um, Don't make Sue Sue Storm angry. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. No, you wouldn't like her when she's angry. Um, And, you know, she juggles being uh, a strong lead woman in her team, a strong leader in her team, right? because she's the most present for everyone, mm. um, right? Reed's super brilliant and everything, um, which is great. Johnny is just not leadership material. Right. Uh, you know, Ben Grimm is the ever loving thing, but he's again, not gonna be the team leader and it, and it puts it on Sue. And Sue really is the glue that holds that team together. Yeah. And then they introduced, you know, Franklin and, and uh, Valeria And it's just been really cool to see that evolution and to show that, like, hey, like moms are superheroes. Like, in every sense of the word, they're the glue that hold us together. They're, you know, the ones that when we need someone there to, like, pick us up sometimes, like, they're they're there. Um, And I think that that's a really nice character representation of that. And like I said, there's been now a number of characters that have become moms, that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage have right. uh, a child, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the um, Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. Yes. Movie, has right. has yeah. a child, right, right. as well. Right. So we're seeing it more and more, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, Jubilee in the, in the more recent X-Men comics, Jubilee. Yeah. That's true. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Jean Gray has, you know, oh, right. Uh, Scott and Gene have a, a number of like children that are time displaced. Right. Right. But the one that you see and have seen consistently for me over, over the last however many years now has been Sue Storm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great call. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dave, you want one last one for us to take us out? Oh, <sighs> well.
0: Gosh, you, you uh, disrupted my train of thought there with the win. That's the the moms. It's a really good. It's a really good point. I think, I think we have to spend a little time. We're talking about strong women characters uh, in geek culture. We've got to talk a little bit about Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel.
1: That was the that was the one that Sue replaced. So good call. Nice job. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and talk about a, a character arc like and changing over time for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she goes through a character that goes through multiple traumas, right? The, the depending on which, you know, how the origin story gets told, like the how she originally gets her powers with the some sort of explosion and and the Cree uh, the Cree technology. More recently in the last few years, it's it's they the, the I don't know if it's a retcon, but her mom was Cree. So she, now it turns out that she's half Cree. Um, and that adds some of it to it. But then, you know, you go back a few decades and she had essentially had her whole power stolen by Rogue. By Rogue mm-hmm. And she was still Trump around the Marvel Universe kicking ass without any powers. Um, as you say, like happens in the comics, eventually she gets them back. Right. And And now she's she might be the number one, uh, overpowered a little bit, but man, there's like nothing she can't do, but also the, um, like her run, the run on, uh, of of Captain Marvel comics that I've read, at least they're doing a ton with character development with her and how she's like, you know, she spent, there's one, uh, maybe it was only a, a six or so episode or six or so issue, um, mini run but she goes back to the place in connecticut or maine or wherever it is that where she grew up yep i saw that one and you know reconnects and that's where she finds out that her mom was Cree and
1: um Um, you got a Cree half sister
0: yes oh right yes um I, i just think you know there's a there's a character that's been through so much and yet is largely regarded in the marvel universe as a leader um as somebody that's super popular, super powerful, rather, Um, you know, other characters seem to flock to her and want to, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a great mentor, uh, especially Mm -hmm. to other female, younger female superheroes, which, man, that's a great, to me, that's one of the great lessons in life, right? That you, as, as I've heard, I've heard it from local radio host, Lawrence Holmes, lift as you climb, that as you get, better in life and, and advance in, in the things that you're doing, you bring somebody up with you. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what, um, that's a great way to describe how the Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, um, and, and even just her name, right? Going from Ms. Marvel, which is always sort of diminutive and like,
1: uh, yeah, not yeah. a
0: great powerful name too. No, 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 you need to, and other characters encouraging her to say, no, take on the Captain Marvel name. That's who you are. That's who you should be.
1: Don't be shy. You are Carol Danvers. You are Captain Marvel. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it, when you talk about her character arc development and it's been phenomenal and they've done a really nice job with it. I mean, getting, and getting down into, I think one of the things that when the comics do it and they do it to the level they've done it with her, and they also did it with like Tony Stark to really get into like the personal aspect and they yeah. spend time with it and they show the, the, the weakness that exists. And with her, like she went through, uh, the recovering alcoholic art, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Where she, she had to go to Tony Stark and like, they went through this whole thing where she quit drinking and, you know, then they stopped getting along and that kind of, that yeah. you know, kind of led into civil war Two, which, was not my favorite, but, no. um, but the thing about her is, is that, you know, they, they show her relationship with Rhodey, um which was phenomenal. I loved that, that aspect of the two of them and right. this relationship and her, her heartbreak when that relationship ends. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's been a really nice arc with her and is she overpowered right now? Maybe, but you know, again, to that point, She's been through so much trauma and we've, they've never really put her, I felt like in a spotlight and now we're putting her in a spotlight and we're seeing what she can really do. And, you know, <laughs> end game, we got to see her literally take Thanos' ship apart all by herself. <laughs> right. She had, yeah. she had her Wonder Woman moment where like Thanos tries to like knock her down and she just kind of looks up and like gives that little smile and headbutts him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah which is phenomenal like right way to go. like it just shows like how tough she is she's like i'm gonna yeah. headbutt this guy um and then in what if like we've talked about this toe to toe with thor all yeah. over the planet like right. yeah. how amazing and great was that like that was just so good so good so yeah great yeah great. i want to
0: I, I we've mentioned a few other writers so i want to give a shout out I, I was looking up to make sure i had it right because uh but kelly thompson was the writer mm-hmm. of uh has been a writer on some of the, the
1: Captain Marvel books that I think has done a terrific job. Yeah, um, yeah, just absolutely amazing, you know, and there's so many more that uh, that we haven't gotten to that probably, you know, that deserve mention and um, you know, that yeah, maybe so, we just touched on, but... So leave us a comment on our Instagram
0: page or or send us an email. If you're old farts like us, do you do an email still? Like, send us an email <laughs> with your are who are your top who are your wonder women in comics and geek culture?
1: Yeah. Um, who, what are the obvious ones?
0: Who are the obvious ones we missed? Um, I'm sure we have blind spots too. Like, Oh my gosh. Shuri. We could have talked about Shuri. Yeah. Shuri's um, gonna
1: be, And like, they're really her up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, so, I mean, obviously nowhere close to, uh, getting through the entire list here.
1: Yeah. No, not at all. But another like fun, great episode. Like, thanks everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, you know as we grow hopefully like we say something that's fun for you and we talk about things that you enjoy um and if you don't like us there's a million other podcasts out there you can listen to so enjoy find the one yeah. that makes you happy and if you do like us we like you too <laughs> so uh we've been pretty good about doing these weekly so we're, we're our, our
0: goal is to continue that schedule um yep as you may have seen in a post recently, well, this is a passion project. We both have actual jobs outside of this. Yes. Um, well, at least John does. Mine's sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, this is a passion project. So we're, we're just trying to have a good time and find our way. And uh, thanks for thanks for joining us here at Coffee and Capes. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.